episode 43 of the Honeycut Scenario with me, your friend Craig. How are you today, tonight, this morning, last night, yesterday? Hope you're doing good. Once again, this is me connecting with my friends via the internet in a podcast forum to talk about things in my life, things that are interesting and maybe you find interesting too. Sometimes I cover strange topics and theories that are little party starters, let's just say, not party finishers. Uh, eh, maybe finish a party or two, but those days are behind me. Uh, so today's episode is called All the Right Moves, about some time I just spent in Western Pennsylvania in the town of Johnstown. Before I get to that, though, once again, I like to report on weather. So we traveled to West Pennsylvania. It was super cold. It was like minus three. They had a ton of snow up there. It was awesome. Got about 50 degrees a couple days later. We went skiing. It was awesome. And then on the drive back down here to the Outer Banks, uh, we passed through Virginia yesterday, and it was like 74 degrees. And today, down here, it's super balmy, and we're under a gale warning, and it's gone from like 60 degrees, and it's dropping down into the 40s, and it's windy, and it's moist. Super wild. From dry minus three to like moist and 60. Crazy. Moist is kind of a gross term for weather. I get that. It's kind of gross anyway, right? If something's moist, moist and mealy, that's not like, it's not good. So back to the main event, all the right moves in Johnstown. So my wife is from Johnstown and we went up there to spend some time with uh, her father and show my daughter around the joint and take her skiing and stuff. So a little family trip. And what was interesting was, uh, just being up there. I had, I've been up there a few times and I'm familiar with the Blue Ridge Mountains, but when you get into Western Pennsylvania, you get up in the highlands of the Allegheny Mountains, uh, which are part of the Appalachian Mountains, but they have a, their own kind of flavor to them. And it's interesting because Johnstown uh, was a big coal and steel town and uh, it and the town surrounding it have I don't want to say have seen better days, but they are a shell of what they used to be. And it's interesting to have driven around, and, and uh, my father-in-law took us around on a tour of Windber, Pennsylvania, and Mine 40, where he grew up, where he was born. And he, his parents, he was in the coal business. His parents uh, were in the coal business. His dad and uncles and everybody were coal miners in Mine 40. So Mine 40 is a town that's sort of down in a gentle valley that had a huge coal mine owned by uh, the Berwyn family, I guess the Berwyn coal mines. And it was apparently the biggest coal mine that Berwyn had. It's no longer uh, an active coal mine except for I think from the other end. They're still mining it from the seam from the other end. And it's really interesting because I come from a, a suburban background. I've done renewable energy work. And I think we all think of coal as sort of like this old timey kind of like thought around just it's dirty, it's old. And, and a lot of that is very true and it's associated with sort of a, an older, more conservative culture. And that is also true, but there's a lot more to that story. And so driving around mine 40 and seeing this old mining town, that's now essentially there's people living there, but the, it's no longer functioning. And to see the size of the works and to know that people got in carts and 
walked underground and were working underground all day, getting energy out of the ground, seeing that that energy built cities and towns and to go into Winber and see Winber, which I mean, you can buy a house for $30,000 in parts of Winber and to see the old hospital and have my father-in-law go, hey, you know, that hospital was owned by Berwyn. So if you work for Berwyn, they owned like the cities, they owned all your stuff. And it's like, if you got sick, you went to the hospital, and you didn't pay for anything. So it was kind of like this strange, like oligarch socialism, right? Like you were owned by the oligarch, but you had free healthcare and, you know, life was short and it was hard. And so to see these old towns that like had this thing, like you can see that one time they were bustling towns and to go to the Winber Wreck and, and to have my father-in-law tell me, so Winber Wreck is this park. So you walk around, it's got like softball fields, but it's like, you know, it used to be something else. And so I asked him about it and he was like, yeah, you know, back in the fifties, they had motorcycle races and, and they had some of the best motorcycle racers in the world race on these dirt tracks. And it wasn't dirt bike racing. It was like road racing on dirt with hay bales and, People came from all over and, you know, the population was, you know, growing with potential. And then that's all gone. Like it's just there's it's it's gone. And to, to spend time in Johnstown and to see this town in this valley that was there because of the, the Connemaw River, the water, the different stone that they needed for processes and uh, the coal that they had for coke to make iron and, and steel and like just how important it was. I mean, it was the, one of the biggest steel producing places in the world for a while. And to see that that's just gone, right? And, these, and the buildings are just dilapidated. And and it's really just wild to see that. And, and you know, after that experience, Trish and I watched All the Right Moves because that's a, a Tom Cruise movie that came out after he did uh, Risky Business. And it's about a kid were, you know, his parents worked in a steel mill and he's a high school football player and, you know, everybody's trying to get out. But it was interesting to see this movie, this 80s movie from, you know, my youth, kind of watch it again and watch, you know, the, the hokiness of it. But then like the some of the truth in there about the culture of Johnstown and working class people. And, and one of the things that I just I walked away from is just how hard people were willing to work up there. And just even the farmers who lived out there, like living, having a farm in Western Pennsylvania is a hard life. And I think that I'm guilty of forgetting that we've come so far and that we have moved away from coal in a lot of ways. I mean, coal is still used, but that people had it so much harder before. Not everybody. People are still struggling now, but you know, people, we are making progress. And to be in these places that had a thing and you can see like, man, they were really just killing it for a long time and took pride in their work and the work ethic in a hard way was pretty impressive to see and to just sort of see the the remnants of that and to go, wow, you know, humans, uh, wow, what an existence, right? Look how far we've come. So just to kind of spend time in Johnstown was really fascinating. And and also to learn about the the famous Johnstown flood of 1889, that the Connemaw River, uh, they dammed the Connemaw River like, you know, maybe 14, 20 miles, something up river from the city, because the city essentially sits on a floodplain in a, a pretty steep valley. And so the, the 
barons of the time, the um, Carnegies and the Vanderbilts, like they dammed that river and created the lake because they wanted to have lake houses and they wanted to hunt and fish up there. So they created this dam. And apparently the dam was made of earth and rocks and not steel uh, back in the early 1800s. And I guess what had happened was, is that today something happened with they maybe they, they used a lake less either way the dam they stopped like kind of taking care of the dam and the dam burst during a huge rain and it flooded the valley and it killed like 2000 people which is a catastrophic flood and was devastating to a lot of people and and people blamed a lot of those wealthy families for that and so that's that's a whole other discussion but super interesting that that happened and it was a huge flood and we you know, you, you've all heard of the Johnstown flood or or I would say most of you but as we were researching giant floods like the Johnstown flood does, almost doesn't even count as a catastrophic event in human history if you're looking at a top 10 list because the top 10 lists like beat the Johnstown flood in terms of mortalities or fatalities by like a factor of of 100 and you start looking at the, the catastrophic floods and, and the things that have affected humanity are like in the hundreds of thousands. And you think like, holy crap, like we've humanity, we, the earth is crazy. We have a, we live in a crazy world. So I'm always looking for perspective because I've always had an attitude problem on some level. And I know it's always easy to go, oh, the world sucks. It's falling apart, you know, global warming, all of that. But we've come so far. And cat- catastrophes happen throughout history for a variety of different levels. So to be in Johnstown and to see this town that like had this thing and it has this pride and, you know, maybe the time has passed for right now for that city. But just to kind of see a window into that culture, because also places like Johnstown, this is, a, you know, is a larger discussion around economics and trade policy and all of that. But there's a lot of Johnstowns in America right now, and it affects political discourse. And I think that the more we can all look into the past a little bit, and not only for just the negative stuff that we need to learn from, but I think the things that, and this is for me, right? So you can agree with me or not, but the the things that are also positive about what we've done and some of the good and some of the, and not it's not even about good, but just some of the toughness, like the resilience of it all, that humans are capable of a lot. And in some of these places that have suffered a slow death, that had a lot of vitality to them. So those are my thoughts on that. And then one other little tidbit is I was texting my friend Kat Meyer, who is a, a renowned herbalist, and she was telling me that in the 70s she had gotten out of Scranton, uh, Scranton College, University of Scranton. I'm not sure what it was in the 70s, and, and had volunteered for an organization, and her first job was to lead a group of National Guards people um, to help during the 1977 Johnstown flood, uh, which was a flood that my wife was actually in. So she talked about that whole thing. So small world, uh, a lot of catastrophe, just trying to be good in it, trying to be stable, trying to avoid catastrophe. So that's what I know about Johnstown and Winber and Mine 40. Yes, there's Mine 40. And another little tidbit, uh, apparently, I think my father-in-law's grandparents babysat Charles Bronson, who grew up right down the street. So it's a small world, six degrees from Charles Bronson or Kevin Bacon. That's what I know. Have a beautiful existence until the next time we talk. Be good to yourself. Later.